and welcome to the North Spring Sessions with DK. Happy Halloween to the most iconic Halloween songs, bringing you into this week's edition. Um, I didn't go trick or treating with our kids tonight because you know these big, you know we don't we don't uh, our parents had to go to bed, had to take us out trick or treating back in the day with us hopped up on candy and them having to work in the morning. But now we just do it as a nice community. You know we we get together on the Saturday before. And no matter if it's five days prior, whatever, we are celebrating in Gainesboro and everywhere else, best I can tell, on Saturday night. So whatever. We did some normal stuff down at my dad's house tonight with, with the kids. They did something, um, you know. I'm very involved in my children's life. But tonight I was, and I just stood back and talked to the men. And uh, I think they made cookies or something. And probably they had orange and black sprinkles and shit on it. I don't know. Most towns act like normal citizens. Now, to our neighbors up in Clay County, more specifically, since I'm our Hermitage Springs boy, born and bred, well, I was born in Jackson County, but I spent all my years in, uh, in good old Hermitage Springs, we know, and boy, I beat this dead horse into the ground on the One Lane Road podcast, and a matter of fact, before I even tell this next story, I know if I tell it, that Lucas Hickman, Lucas Gene Hickman will be rolling over in his grave saying, how many times have you told it? Here's the deal, Lucas. Lucas, catching strays. He's probably already in bed already. He, uh, you know, we have new listeners above the dozens and dozens of the of this podcast, and they don't know that in most rural towns we just trick-or-treat and you know, kind of act like normal folks, but in Salini, they're egging. They're egging. They've been egging for about three hours at least. They've bought all the eggs at Scott's Best Way and the Dollar General. They've been buying eggs since August probably in preparation for tonight because let's be real, there's three seasons in Salina. There's basketball season. There's football season. And there's egging season. And not in those particular order, I don't think, of importance. Um, hmm. Yeah, well it's uh hmm. I don't know what to I don't know what to say to our neighbors. You know, there was a sign a long time ago going into Clay County said, Home of the nicest people in the world. Well, they're talking about Herman Springers, because Herman Springers don't egg your cars. And you know, I made a whole video about this last year. Um and said, most normal parents, hey, buddy, if you're going out with your friends, be safe, be smart, don't get in any trouble. Then I said, Salina parents, son, if you're going to egg like we did, you're going to be smart about it. You just stand there and get caught by the cops, and we run. Don't you call me and say you, you get in trouble because I ain't going to bail you out. You know, Not that we're not going to bail you out for being in trouble for egging. Hell no, because you're supposed to egg because that's a legacy thing to do in Salina. But you just don't need to get caught. And, you know, I was making, obviously, a spoof about the whole deal because I've got friends there. And still to this day, I can't believe I married someone from Salina, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I kid. I kid, kind of. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, I made a whole video just kind of making fun of it and whatnot, just kind of everything I just said, uh, which is like the good parts were like, and 
thank God for 99.3% of the people who had like a sense of humor about the video. No, it's, it's, it's all love. And I'm just really giving you crap because honestly you deserve it. And, um, so I was like, you know, the, the counterpoints have always been, because I remember, I remember when all this happened in Salina, people were like, well, I can't believe people drive their good cars to Salina anyway. <laughs> okay. Because we all got an 84 S10 Blazer with targets on the back. We're just dying. Like, we're just sitting in the garage in the first 11, you know, 9, 10 months of the year, just holding out for that S10 Blazer to get bombed by Salinians on, uh, on Halloween. And then the other argument, other than uh, can't believe you drove the good car. Like, you know what? If I have a Tahoe, that's where I want to take my kids out in Halloween. I shouldn't bring my 89 Datsun two-wheel drive, two-door out just because it's the one been sitting in the yard with rust spots and a hubcap missing because you jack-offs can't grow up. Okay? Nobody's egging. Nobody. Then they say, well, I can't believe you drove down East Lake. You know, I don't know what you know about Slani. There's not a lot of alternate routes around Slani. Um, you know, man's kind of got to go drive, drive down East Lake at some point of the night. Um, it, but it's a thing. Like, it is a real-life thing that these folks, it ain't going to stop. Because if you're, like, listening to this and you're from Slani right now, 17 years old, like your parents egg, probably, like, like they egged. And somebody, like, called me out on it. and like, you didn't egg? I was like, I think, like, once. I egged a trailer. I egged the side of a trailer with Jeremy Hammer down in Hermitage Springs. And Linda, his mom, was waiting on us at the door. You said, you little son of bitches, get in here. <laughs> and uh, we didn't egg. You know what? I, I didn't. I just don't remember egging a lot. Now, listen. Did I do a lot of illegal stuff? Probably, yes. Did I egg cars? No. We just did wasn't a thing. No, older generation Hermitage Springs? Sure it was. We were kind of a lame group. Um but the fact that, like, Mark Poindexter, much love, Mark, but you're 36 years old. <laughs> you know, you're posting on Facebook today. Uh, it's egging, you know, get, get, get your business done before dark. Let me tell you something. I hope somebody gets their ass kicked over there tonight. I hope, I hope some parent rolls up in an $80,000 Tahoe and somebody eggs them and, and, they, and, and they jump out and run and give you a Jake the Snake DDT into the pavement. Because you shouldn't be agging people at this age. Matter of fact, if you're a parent listening to this show and you tell your kids in today's society not to egg, you know this is for you. This is for you right here. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going for the good parents out there trying to keep their, teach their kids a little moral fiber that destroying people's personal property is not a good thing. Now you bottom of the barrel, low life parents, because by God, that's what you did in 86 and 93 and 99. And you're telling your kids, take these three dozen eggs and destroy that brand new Altima coming through town because they got the audacity to drive down the road on Halloween. This is for you, you degenerates. One more time. One more time for the degenerates, for the bottom of the barrels. And I raise a toast via TriStar Beverage to all my friends. Them's jokes. Don't take it too serious, people. DK ain't trying to be the heel tonight, okay?
Much love to everybody around. But really, grow up. <laughs> Somebody's going to get offended by that. Usually, anytime I've ever been offended that somebody said something about me, it's probably because I knew it was the truth. You know? That's what sucks the most when they tell you the truth. The truth. But tomorrow will be November and it'll be back to just, you know, the good things of slime like the lake and the barbecue and leaving it. The three best things about something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm see, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm joking. And like I call, I commentate basketball and I forget, you know, and I'm not going to talk about that. That's, that's, well, maybe later in the show, but, you know, for the first time in years, I made people mad when I broadcast basketball last year. My wife's like, you understand that I know you don't mean anything by your by what you're saying. Because I would come home like, yo, I made them mad in so-and-so. My wife's like, you, you understand that I've been with you since 2005, and I don't understand your sense of humor. Like, I don't get your dry humor because you're such a dick sometimes. And not even meaning to be. It's just my dry delivery. And I even tell Waylon right now, he'll say something. I was like, well, that was kind of a, maybe you should do better on that delivery. He's like, I mean, I was kidding. I was like, yeah, but you didn't smile. I didn't know you were kidding. That's the best thing about dry humor. You're not supposed to smile. And I tell him, I was like, well, you're 17. You know, you have time to come out of it. I'm 39. I'm pretty much stuck in my ways. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, the, we'll talk about that later because it, it is on the agenda to cover later on the show. Um, anyway, so, yeah, my kids were Ninja Turtles. Jack was a Ninja Turtle this year, and Bayless was – um, uh, Miles Morales, Spider Man, whatever. Um, that's the cool thing about those things. Uh, those are like costumes that, for my age, you know, we got to see the originals of the like the Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. So it's really cool being a boy dad and, and seeing, getting to relive, uh, you know, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. And I saw the Seth Rogen produced film uh, this summer. Not bad, not as bad as I thought it'd be. But I mean, we're all like Lucas and I used to say on the on the OLR. We're all, um, we all believe our generation, our era was the best, right? Like, you know, rock and roll, Randy Bird will say his era was the best rock and roll, which, I mean, that's a proven fact that rock and roll was best back in the day. But, like, you know, with with our shows and music and cartoons and stuff, everything's better than the era you grow up in because you have a nostalgic, nostalgic feel to it. And um, so it's, it's just really cool for me to see all the iterations of the uh, Ninja Turtles, and I was a big Batman. I've never been a big Spider-Man. All my kids have been Spider-Man fans, and I, I never, honestly, I never, I never was a big superhero guy. I was, I was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman. That was Batman was my only superhero. Um, then of course WWF, WCW, and what else did I play with? Little GI Joe, Little He Man. So yeah, it's cool. I love Halloween. It's my favorite. I love seeing the kids dressed up. I love I love seeing adult costumes. I love wrestling costumes. I love I love when people dress up like. I mean, the 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 two that you see the most is Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, two of the biggest icons. You see a lot of those. You see some Stone Cold. You see some Ultimate Warriors, Ric Flair's. I mean, it's just I love it. I love that Halloween. You can just like um, suspend uh, belief and just be whatever the hell you want to be for one day um and it's not like i said to me like well i bet you i bet you would would wish ricky kennedy you know i love to see some of these parents that i grew up with like some of my friends parents i mean nobody was dressing up in 1992 to take us trick-or-treating i don't even barely remember trick-or-treating in general 
now we've got like 18 days of trick-or-treating and i don't even remember my parents really taking me um so that's not cool rick and miranda but um yeah it's now it's like adults it's a whole ass thing and Lindsay doesn't love halloween like i do and um it's a whole thing for me and um but we just we didn't time got away from us this year we didn't dress up and i'm disappointed myself i have dressed up some in the past with the kids um, my two most infamous costumes ever. Now, they were back in the day. Uh, one, Beetlejuice, which was a cool costume. I wore it. Um, one contest with it. Wore it to a Titans game. Me and William Russell went and sat front row in the uh, end zone. And I didn't know I was on television until like 10 people texted me and said I was just on. Uh, and let me tell you something. You can act a complete fool because I'm pretty like as, intro, as extroverted as I am and like talking to people. I'm pretty introverted at like birth kind of. And I can – like, I'm never going to go to a Titans game, and like I'm never usually up hooping and hollering. I would never do some of the things I did in the Beetlejuice costume that day. Like, I remember trying to jump on stage at karaoke when we left, which I would never, ever do in Nashville, downtown on a Sunday, because, one, I'm not Jeremy Mackey, superstar. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't. But I remember that day feeling like a complete dummy because we, me and William got out of the car, and there was nobody dressed up. Nobody. I said, well, great. Well, William set me up for failure right off the bat because he shows up to my house. And we were, we were, like, we're talking because it was like October 27th or something like that. We had just had a Halloween party in Cookville the night before, and I reapplied everything. Actually, I think I was something else the night before that I'll get to in a second. And then I put this on. You know, Lindsay was putting my makeup on, teasing my hair, the whole Beetlejuice feel. And William shows up in, like, jeans and a North Face jacket and a, and a beanie. And I'm like, well, you little shit, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to be the guy uh, by myself dressed up. In the first 10 minutes walking around uh, Nissan Stadium, nobody was dressed up. And I said, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot. And then as you, you know, get around closer to the stadium and inside the stadium, a lot of people's got costumes dressed up, whatnot. And I remember going down to my seats, finding my seats, say, okay, I'm going to go back and get a beer. And some comedian over to the side said, nice costume freak show. I said, actually, it's Beetlejuice, asshole. And the whole st section started laughing at him. I said, boy, that backfired, didn't it? You know, and, uh, you know, just, I don't know if I'd, I'm, would I probably have said that regardless. Yeah, probably. But, you know, when you're Beetlejuice, I took so many pictures with people that day. You thought I was Michael Keaton. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, you Beetlejuice, I would do that again if I knew I was going to sit front row in Titan Stadium, and I would act even stupider, more stupid, whichever one. It's proper English, Miss Marilyn. Um, I would do it. I would do it. I would act even crazier. Um, the second costume I wore, which is definitely the most controversial, the most vulgar, the most vile, the most hideous, the most embarrassing, the most uh, perverted, the most degenerate-based uh, costume of all of the costumes the one, the only, groping granny. It is completely as disgusting as it sounds. It was a bodysuit with big old saggy boobs. It had it had hair. It had fake hair below the belt in the in the uh, nether regions. It was uh, it was it was disgusting. And yeah, it came with a wig and it came with some stockings. And I wore it twice. And I won a hell of a lot of money for that forty dollar costume. I wore it to Wooly Bullies, uh, rest in peace, Wooly Bullies. I wore it to Wooly Bullies, and, you know, they got all the costume, you know, like they have most original, they have um, best guy costume, best girl costume, best duos costume. 
funniest costume, sexiest costume. So we all know, like, Halloween, right? That's the one day that girls can complete dress like complete floozies and get away with it. A lot of girls do it much often, more often than just Halloween. But that's the one, like, generally accepted, hey, yeah, you can you can look like trash tonight if you, if that's what you choose, and we won't frown down on you. I mean, that's not me. I would never frown down on any females um, in general. But that's the day, right? So, you know, to get out there, and you're talking about me at age, I don't know, 24, maybe 25, um, with a bodysuit with long boobs, with longer nipples, uh, <laughs> um, a house coat over it, a little uh, wig, some some glasses, stockings, house shoes, a, a cane. I can't remember what all came with the original costume. That's what I wore to Wooly Bullies. Now, let me tell you something. I don't dance. I'm the most awkward, slow dancer. If you put a love song on, me and my wife are getting out there, and we're going to be like the most awkward you know, 62-year-olds and 24-year-old bodies. I'm, I'm a terrible dancer. I don't even try to dance, okay? I, if there's a video of me, a Cotton Eye Joe, dancing to back that ass up, I would probably drive off Del Hollow Dam before I actually had to physically watch it myself to be forced to see me actually trying to dance with a girl on the dance floor of Cotton Eye Joe circa 2003. It would be, it would, it would be vile. Be the most embarrassing thing ever. And, um, but that night at Cotton Eye Joe's, or not Cotton Eye Joe's, Wooly Bully, when uh, they said, all right, line up for sexiest. Or maybe I think I got funniest first. They lined up the funniest. And you get out there and you're cutting up. And I'm, I'm throwing the boobs over the shoulder and twerking like nobody's business before twerking, I think, was even a term. But we knew what it was. And uh, I won the funniest, so I won like 250 bucks. So then they line up all the tins, all the smoke shows, all the all the thick thighs and cleavage and tans and spray tans and hair, beautiful girls, just beautiful tins all over the place. And I entered the contest. Cowboy Kevin said, DK, get in there. And these girls were strutting and twerking and showing off. And the groping granny took that shit home. That's right. Groping Granny won sexiest over the hottest of the hot females in Cookville because they didn't work it. These little girls, they thought they had moves. 21, 22, 25-year-olds in the prime of their life. Groping Granny's been around the block, baby. I had them moves. The moves, the moves that they hadn't even seen yet, Groping Granny had them. I mean, I was popping them hips, moving my lips. It was just... Sexy, sexy, sexiest of the night. Actually, won me. I won five hundred dollars that night. Probably had to spend eighty-seven on Jeremy Mackey's bar tab, but won five hundred dollars. Girls were irate, livid, flabbergasted that the groping granny beat that ass for them in the sexiest contest. And uh, then I did it again at Patty's place a week later. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to. I just remember walking in, telling them, I said, I'll pay my, I'll pay my entrance in a minute. And I walked straight to the dance floor, opened up my robe, kicked off my house shoes, and popped it, baby. What groping grannies do. We've been around. What my first rodeo is the groping granny.
Halloween's fun, man. Don't take it too serious. Don't egg people. Don't be D-bags. Break up the Tennessee Titans. My goodness. What a what a segue from, from all the degenerate behavior of the groping granny to Will Levis. Four touchdowns, only the third time in NFL history that a quarterback is thrown for more than four or four touchdowns. Um, Fran Tarkenton and Marcus Mariota. Last, you know, two of the you know, Titans are known for great quarterbacks, if nothing else. I hope you caught my sarcasm there. So, hey, Will Levis. I'm not a big college guy. I let all my college friends be the experts there. Uh when when the Titans drafted him, I know I've got so many friends that are UT fans that um yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't really know the criticism that was coming from Will Levis because I wanted. I asked my friends. I said, "Okay, is this real hate? Is he not good, or are these UT fans just butt hurt because they didn't take Hendon Hooker when he was on the board and they're hating because he's a Kentucky guy?" And I hope I got my answer last Sunday. And I know we usually don't talk football. This is actually the first non-music podcast that I'm, I've done, and it's it's good to break that up. I mean, listen. My life revolves in my free time around music, and it's good to break it up. And I still love football, but why you've not seen me post about football, and why you've not seen me even talk about football is honestly, I've been spending, I've been, I've been like, a, I've been a battered Tennessee Titans fan. You know, um, I just knew if I'm telling myself the truth, we re- we reached our peak with Ryan Tannehill. I have not been a fan of Tennessee Titans. Well, obviously, I've been a fan, but I have not been a diehard. Like hang by and watch every game because I know we've reached our peak with Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. And don't get me wrong, Ryan Tannehill when he took over for Marcus Mariota in Denver in Week Six of 2019 or whatever it was, 1819. You know, he he made a hell of a turnaround. And with Arthur Smith's offense, I mean, we started cooking. Um, but it's sad that Tannehill's probably the second best quarterback in our in our franchise history behind uh, Steve McNair. But you look at it, and we went to the playoffs that year in the wild card and upset New England at New England, upset Baltimore at Baltimore with Derrick Henry just running all over everybody. And then you get to the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, and you've got the lead. Uh, you're, a, you're a Patrick Mahomes missed tackle away from going into halftime with pretty damn good momentum. If you, if you shut him down one more half, you, know, you could be Super Bowl bound. They didn't tackle Mahomes. Kansas City got the advantage. They shut down Derrick Henry uh, second half. And they made uh, Tannehill throw, which he hadn't had to do in New England and Baltimore, and they shut him down. You know, the next year, uh, Buffalo – or not, not Buffalo, Baltimore Ravens come to town. You know, less than two minutes left. Tannehill's got the chance to lead the game-winning drive. That was an interception. All right, now you're building a resume, guy, two years in a row. Um, and then ultimately – the disaster uh, at home against Cincinnati when all of us went. There's like six or eight of us went. And I didn't feel good because Tannehill hadn't been looking good in the latter part of the season. Henry was coming back, but I knew there was that foreman dynamic. Was was Henry going to be rusty? And I, t- I remember telling Mackie and told Brad, I said, we're going to find out real quick which, uh, which Tannehill we've got. And the dude throws a pick, first game, first pass of the game. Throws one somewhere in the middle. Then, again, with the game on the line, driving to uh, win the game, tie the game, whatever the situation was, tie the game, I think. 
he throws a, a pick. So three picks, and it, it was that moment in January of 22 where I was just like piss on Ryan Tannehill. I'm done with it. I can I can acknowledge he changed our franchise two or three years ago, while also admitting that he's no longer the future and we've peaked. Uh, and I'm no longer excited. You're going to waste all of Kevin Byard's good years. You're going to waste all of Derrick Henry's good years. Uh, you traded A.J. Brown like the, de- I mean, idiots that John Robinson ended up being. Um, see, I just wasn't excited. And when that, when they drafted Will Levis, you know, because they didn't trade up to get C.J. Stroud. Um, so Levis falls to him. You know, he was they were looking at him at pick 10, and they ended up taking Skronsky. Um he falls to him basically like he's right there at the end of the first round. So they trade back up to get him. But I mean, damn kids got a cannon. And if you see anything like you see touch, you know, you see quarterbacks do three or four passes, like touchdown passes. How often do you see a quarterback throw a seven yard screen and the receiver take it 50 yards for a touchdown? You know, this dude was throwing bombs. I'm talking that last one to Nick Westbrook Akine when he went rolled out back foot. Throwing against his body, having 60 yard, whatever it was, to NWI, and then you throw in the Hopkins. I mean, it changed my whole perspective of the Titans season. And he may come out two nights from now uh, at Pittsburgh and lay lay an egg, okay? And that's um, and that's a possibility, right? But I, I just what he did is what the rest of the NFL is doing. Like I remember the year we lost to Baltimore, or not Baltimore, Cincinnati. And in the next round, Buffalo and Kansas City just beat the hell out of each other, and they kept scoring. Like It was taking, like, what, two minutes, to, not even two minutes to score, and they were back and forth. I'm thinking, even if the Titans beat Cincinnati, they can't beat. They can't. Tannehill cannot hang, you know, with these offenses. And while everybody else is in 2022, 2023 offenses, the Titans are still running the 1999 Eddie George offense up here, and it works. It works in December games. It works a lot of the time when you're grinding games out, when you've got a big back like Derrick Henry. But it was so damn refreshing um, Sunday to see this kid. Three of his four passes, touchdown passes went for over 30 yards. And he had another one on the right sideline that got broken up by an Atlanta defender. He had a left sideline throw that was unreal to, um, to Burks that he just stepped out of bounds. Then he probably could have had a fifth touchdown if Chig Conqua didn't drop the ball when he was wide open. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to see. Because I was I was like, when they traded Kevin Byard the other day, like, I mean, they didn't get a lot of value out of Byard because he's a 30-year-old safety with a expiring. But like, I was just like, okay, you know what? Tannehill's not coming back. Trade him to the Jets. Trade him to the Vikings. Henry's not coming back. You know, get a third for him if you can. Get as much draft capital as you can because this team ain't going anywhere. And look, do I still think they're going anywhere? Probably not. But what I saw Sunday was just enough that I know that I want to see Derrick Henry with Todd J. Spears still in that backfield for Will Levis. I wouldn't start Ryan Tannehill another game this year. I wouldn't. There's no way because what are you gaining? Even if you make it to the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill, you know you're not beating Buffalo. You're not beating Kansas City. Um you know, you're not beating uh, whoever else. I'm going, I don't know who you can beat with Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. I don't know that you can beat Smith County with Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. I, I'm sitting him. I wish they had traded him to Minnesota today, but they got Josh Dobbs instead. Um, I'm starting Will Levis the rest of the year. And I don't want to see no damn Malik Willis packages. I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see him fumble anymore. I want to see Will Levis 
the rest of the season. See what you got with a kid from Kentucky with a big arm. Um, I'm excited. I, I want to see. I want to see the receivers. I want to see what will. What you got with Will Levis? Because you you got four more years with him, possibly, and and the blueprint success in the NFL right now, with the way contracts are, is you hope like hell you can hit on your rookie quarterback. That way you can spend draft capital on weapons and offensive line, and you can build your defense. I mean, it's the one that I always go back to is the Seattle Seahawks from 2013, 12, 13 when they drafted Russell Wilson. They got him in the third round. They were able to build that Legion of Boom defense around him, you know, similar to the way, I mean, Cincinnati got hit on Burrow and Josh Allen with Buffalo. Uh, you know, Kansas City, they had to trade way up to get Mahomes. They let him sit for a year. I mean, these guys got their franchise quarterbacks, and good Lord, the Titans need a franchise quarterback because they got that new stadium coming up in the next four years. They're going to need a face of the franchise. I mean, our face of the franchise for the last decade – and in the, the early part of this decade was was a left tackle who had a big mouth. I mean, that's not ideal. And I love Taylor Lewan. I loved him especially back then. Um, but that's that's not a good look when your left tackle, who's usually non-recognizable, is your face of your franchise because this city was so bland. So, anyway, it's enough about football. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the possibility of Will Levis. And um, – and I mean everybody else. This this team's got some promise. It just I don't think I think Tannehill's cooked. So sit him, move on with the kid, build for the future, tighten up. Cold weather's here. Um, we got to enjoy about seven days of fall. That's why you never ever hear me complain when it's like 98 degrees because I know I'm a crabby bastard from about December to March every year. You know, these pumpkin spice sociopaths get their way. And that's fine. I like flannels, too, and bonfires and football. And, you know, I love I love all you beautiful ladies who get on there and proclaim, it's fall, y'all. We know. We know. We can. We're, we feel it. And I'm fine. I love fall. Just like I love spring. I love the 17 minutes of fall and spring we get each year before it's 24 freaking degrees tonight. And it put me in a little bit of a funk. I had road rage this morning. I'm having growing road rage as I get older, and it's not it's not fun. Um, but now I pulled out of my driveway. Now, listen, I live in between basically two curves. So, God forbid if I pull out in front of you. Well, this car this morning, I didn't even pull out in front of it. Okay, It was like eight seconds before I even seen headlights on me, and it was dark. and I was going like 52 miles an hour, you know, and they were right on my butt. And I'm a borderline redneck at 5.30 in the morning, so I just hit my right turn signal. I did give him a proper turn signal, and I pulled off, and I hung my body about a quarter way out, out of the car and proclaimed, Come on! Come around! Please come around! Come on! I'm like, what are you in such a damn hurry about? Riding my butt. I'm going 52. It ain't terrible. I've just been out of the driveway 30 seconds. People are just, tell you what, not too long ago, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a psychopath too. Um, I this one truck, I was just kind of putting around one morning, and uh, this truck, it was just it would it wasn't going fast, so I, I passed it like when I had a, a, a lane to pass it there on a perfectly legal stretch, 
I passed it, and I was so indifferent about passing it because nothing had happened. This car was just, this truck was just kind of dicking around. I went to pass. It sped up. It didn't just speed up. It revved its motor up at me, and I was like, are we doing this right now? Hillbilly? So, I mean, I got around it. Then I'll tell you my secret. I'll tell you what I did. If you are listening to this podcast and you get infuriated by people riding your butt, but you don't want to be a redneck about it, I've got a key to success for you. I've got a key to even if they're teetotally pissing you off, this changes the narrative with one action. You let them get as close to you as they can. and Don't brake check them. Don't do that. That's been done. That's only going to really make you mad, or it may make you happy for just a second. You may get a bird in the rear view. Let me tell you what does it. I've been doing it for years. It's petty, and I love it. You let them get so close to you, then you turn your left turn signal on, okay? You come to a complete stop like you're turning. Therefore, they have to stop too. Then you gas on it. And just when they've caught back up to you, hit it with the left turn signal again because guess what that last turn you thought that was your turn but it's not your turn this is actually your turn but it's not hell no it ain't you make them stop again <laughs> then you watch their frustration in your rear view your heart feels better it makes you feel better however they made you feel when you were they were tailgating you they feel it they feel it when you do the turn signal game on them. There was one time in Cookville, I was coming down Jackson from Belk, all that stuff, right? And I'm at the red light between the two gas stations, the bread box and the BP, whatever it was. I don't know. And I looked up. This guy was so close to my bumper, my back bumper, that you couldn't put a, you couldn't put a thin slice of pizza in between our back and front bumpers. I'm like, the crap? And I looked, and he gives me this look. Like, yeah, what up? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know this guy. But I had time. I had time that day. So as we head on down to Jackson towards the old county farm road, I hit the left. Well, he started taking the right lane. So I hit the right lane. Then he went back to the fast lane. I cut him off. And we zigzagged all the way down Jackson. And then by the time we got to the red light, I was going to go straight to Pippin and County Farm. Then I seen my friend behind me was going left towards Baxter down 70. And again, ODK had time. So I hit the left turn signal and got in front of him. And I went down 70. I left turn signaled him once. I left turn signaled him twice. And yeah, I left turn signaled him three times. Before I finally took a ride into Dipsy Doodle, as the truck passed me with his horn all the way down and a middle finger coming out my out his window, <laughs> and under my breath I said, "Blow it at your ass, buddy," because I won, because I had time. I had time to fool with you, you hillbilly. And I don't know if they don't they don't make me an equal valued redneck hillbilly, but I enjoyed it. I didn't ask for that fight. He did. But I finished it. And my friends, that's my friendly advice to you today. Left turn, left turn signal somebody the next time they're on your butt. You'll feel better.
It always makes me feel better. <sighs> Today, road rage was real. It's like you never, you get one, you pass somebody, and it's like a video game. It's like the next challenge. Like somebody else just pulls out of you and be like, oh, watch this. I'm going to go 25. I'm going to pull out in front of you going 57, and I'm going to drive 25. <clears throat> I hope those people live to be 100 and never shit again. That's just, I mean, I do. That's just, that's just I know I'm cussing a lot, and I don't mean to. It's just, I'm just being now, I'm so, I'm so I'm sorry if you're listening to this, and I'm not going to ever get on here and drop the big ones, but uh, <laughs> those people, I, I don't even generally have road rage, but if you pull out, I need you to use the same energy that you pull out in front of me to drive in front of me. Just drive. If you're in a hurry, drive. But then there ain't no sense in you pulling out in front of me at a, at a I mean, where I have to hit my brakes. And you drive like it's a Sunday evening stroll. Come on, be better, people. As I said, basketball season approaching. Kid will be a senior this year. I'm much more emotional about basketball season than I was him just playing football. He just wrapped up his last uh, football game last Friday. And, um, you know, I think thanks Coach Sean Loftus and his staff. Um I just, you know, I'm not connected to the football as much because, you know, Waylon didn't play his freshman and sophomore year. Um, you know, had a lot of kids quit and for different reasons, so I wasn't emotionally tied to some of the kids like, you know, like he would be. Had a lot of kids that didn't play the last couple of years. So I love football, obviously, but um, this is the, but, you know, basketball season is what me and Waylon have always connected on. We've, you know, we've, he's played since he was four years old, junior pro, and uh, it's exciting for me, you know. It's a whole different, whole different team. And I love those kids, those boys that graduated last year, those four seniors. Um, they brought so much uh, to the team. And um, honestly, I looked at the roster the day, and it's just so different this year. Like I only know some of these kids. There's like Waylon's the only senior, the only junior that we was gonna have quit, unfortunately. And then it's like you know a couple freshmen, mostly sophomores. I'm like, who are these kids, Waylon? Are they good? <laughs> you know, like are we gonna be good? Um, I hope so. I love basketball and. Uh, like I said, this, this is going to be a tough one for me. Uh, as a parent, you know, you get to get kid grown. You know, I, you, a lot of these other parents, I'm like, kind of like the younger parent. A lot, of, a lot of these, of Waylon's friend group, a lot of these parents that we've grown up with had already had kids. And so this is our first that's going to be out of the house soon. and Not out of the house, maybe, but out of school. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just ready. I love basketball. I've loved basketball my whole life. Uh, I, miss, I miss getting to beat my kid one-on-one. Now, he's a better shooter than me, and I was an okay shooter, I guess. But and Waylon, he's always like, I'm better than you. I was like, well, dude, I didn't start till I was 10. You've been playing since you were four. I said, I failed as a parent to coach you up and have people coach you if you're not better than me. And, like, I was breaking any records or nothing. You know, I didn't get a D5 scholarship offer or nothing like that. So uh, it should be better. But I could jump. I don't know. I guess that's the chance you take when you have a six-foot – Dad and a five foot two mom, you're gonna get a kid who can't jump. You shoot lights out. But I remember like playing defense and being halfway fast and blocking a shot or two every now and then. And <laughs> we were talking about his vertical one day, making fun of it. And then he'd come around baseline. And this one night, this kid went baseline and Waylon stuffed it. I just said, "Oh hell, we're never gonna hear the end of this, Lindsay." <laughs> and sure enough, got in the car, <laughs> see my block. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, it's like your three inch vertical too." So. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What I am going to try to watch is that I am the NFHS Network broadcaster and uh, with my boy Zach Pennington. We've been doing it a lot of years together. 
what when like what Lindsay said is I love basketball and it's hard. It's hard enough. Then you got a kid playing, you're more emotionally invested. But I, I gotta learn that not everybody, like she said, not everybody understands your sense of humor. There was teams come last year, like people from other teams would ask other people, like, Man, remember one time he was like, What Kennedy boy is awful biased towards Jackson County? So instead of getting on there and acting like a normal person, I was like yeah, welcome to the Blue Devil Network. That's right, the Blue Devil Network, not the Neutral Site Network. We cheer for the Blue Devils all day, every day, and we are biased completely. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, obviously you're going to acknowledge when other kids are awesome and coaches are awesome. And I mean, I would give poor Salina up, up and down the road, but at the end of the day I love Rob Edwards, and I've always loved the program. And, you know, any kid that plays for Rob Edwards is, you know, you're lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I get on there, and, and generally speaking, six times out of ten, I know somebody listening. You know, like when I was giving Clay County a hard time, what people didn't realize is that Tyler Kerr and Jared Watson and John Godwin and a lot of my friends or guys that I'm, you know, cool with are listening. I'm much more I'm I'm kinda giving them a hard time. Even Kerr last year, I was being so over the top nice. He was like, I don't even I don't even know who you are right now. He's like, This sounds like I'm listening to the uh, the Bulldog Network. You're being so nice. And of all years, that was the year somebody took some out of context to where, like, they thought I was being mean, and I wasn't. Like, you know, kids are, I mean, I always be good to kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, may, I may make fun of cities, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll make fun of towns. And I had somebody like, you said some really bad things about our town. I was like, I don't even know nothing about this town. It makes you feeling better. And, like, one of the, you know, one of the people from Jason Kennedy's like, man, he's got no dust. He's a comedian. And, like, or, you know, want to be, you know, thanks he is sometimes. Whatever, and, like. He craps on Salina and his wife's from there. I mean, you heard the podcast. And I got love for Salina. Obviously. I have family there, friends there. It's, it's. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I told somebody, like they were talking about, you. I'm not going to say the town. And they are like, you said some really mean things about, like, just, I mean, joking or not, like you were talking about this town. I was like, can I burst your bubble? I know nothing about this town. I don't know. I don't know anybody here. I don't know you. And I was like, at the end of the day, I went to Hermity Springs. And my kids go to Gainesboro. I probably don't think I'm better than anybody. Okay, take a joke. No, take. No, never mind. Say I gotta stop myself there. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's always a joke. You know, some things I get fired up about broadcasting. I love broadcasting. I love basketball. I love the opportunity to do it. Zach's a good partner. And uh, I don't know. I just love watching the kids and our kids. And you know, I grew up with these kids from Jackson County, and it meant a lot to call those games last year for those boys. And uh, unfortunately, our season ended before it should have. But uh, it happens. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to try my very best to be on my best behavior. And that's, you know, like I said earlier, I can I am who I am. <laughs> and I try, but not too hard sometimes. And you know what you're getting, kind of. And But, again, if I've ever offended you, I probably didn't mean it. There's a chance I might have meant it. And, uh, you know. I'll, I'll do better. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So we've got to November as of tomorrow, which is Dina Carter month for um, for us up in Livingston. Thank you to the Cooper family, Cindy, Steve Cooper, for uh, helping me put on the uh, Dina Carter. It's at the Iron and Oak Event Center in Livingston. You know, they made it happen. Um, they This is kind of their concert. I, I forged the middle way there. I put... Uh, Put the emails together. They're very, very uh, gracious host. You know, Brandy and all the staff up there. Very excited. We did a we did the Julie Roberts album release party last November, and 
me and Cindy got together and um I try to stay out of the you know not you know Jackson County is kind of my home area obviously for concerts and I did one in Salina when I had, when Chris Knight was there and and the Julie one was not planned it was just um it was one of those deals where Julie called me last year and asked me to do the album release and what are you going to say no well you know Jackson County really didn't have anywhere to do it um Clay County the women's building was was rented where we had Chris Knight I mean, you know, yeah, if that's what you want to do, rent it out for a yard sale <laughs> when you can have 250 people down there. It don't matter. It ain't like they're making the same money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brandy wrote, reached out, said bring it to Livingston, and, you know, they were, it was a great, they were great host. It was a great space. And, again, I, there's, a, there's another guy that does all his shows there and who I like and respect and, you know, didn't really want to step on toes. And, again, that was not, that was the case this year. Um, you know, I consider those good people um, that run those shows. They're, 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 they're really good people that I like. And uh, that wasn't the intention was to go back up there. I was asked, to, hey, we're looking to do this. We're looking to do another show. Um, can you, Who can you get? Who can you? And uh, I'm excited about Dina, um, which sucks is it's, it's actually the basketball season tip-off. So I've got to miss my own kids tip off and that sucks you know i've actually got 49 winchester tickets in december i'm having to sell because um we've got a game also but this one when you're hosting the event it's kind of just and that's why when we negotiated the dates the 17th or the 18th i was like well we better make it the 18th because um the 17th will be a friday and that's likely to be the season tip off and be damned if it's not the 18th in cascade of all places like which is like feels like it's 16 hours away so Dina Carter, I mean, I think it's gonna. You know, I've seen Ryan Davis do his rendition of uh, rendition of Strawberry Wine, and I've seen Mike Demeza more times than I can count do Strawberry Wine. But we're gonna see the original Dina Carter, and I know that thing sold out two weeks. That's a, that's a big size room, and it sold out in two weeks. So shout out to everybody that made that happen, especially the Coopers of Livingston for for that show. That's November eighteenth, and then went on sale this week. Uh, Jason Eady and Addison Johnson, two of my favorites. I'm trying to add a third guy after that show. And, and I talked to him back a couple, a few months ago about it, and got a text. He's like my Facebook post, but he's left me on red on my text. So I'm gonna have to holler at that old boy tomorrow and see if we can't add him. Another guy, I consider a friend after all these years around the business, and that's at the Bull and Thistle. With my friends Diana and Barry Naff. It's funny how relationships can grow. I, I pr previously didn't have any relationship with the Bull and Thistle, um, and we'll get to that one day. Um, but Diana is such a sweetheart, and Barry Naff is awesome. I mean, awesome. They're, I mean, he's laughing about something right now probably. I just thank the world of those guys, and, you know, they've been asking me about doing a show down there, like, you know, a ticketed show on one of the nights they were closed. And basically how it came about is, you know, I turned 40 on December 22nd, which is a Friday, and I just called one day and I said, "Hey, I got this idea." I said, "Jason Eady is one of my favorite performers ever, like one of my favorite musicians." And he played the festival last year. He can't play this year. Um, I, I really think that. Uh, I said, "What if I brought him down on a Thursday?" I said, "I turned 40 on the 22nd. What if I get Jason to come play Thursday, December 21st, and we sell tickets?" So that's what we're doing. And um, Barry and Jeanette Gore is go they're they're sponsoring it and. Uh, of course, the Bull and Thistle have a part in sponsoring. Um, Brenda Keith, Don Franklin Chevrolet is going to be doing some sponsorships, and TriStar Beverage is going to do some cool stuff as well. I've talked to talked to my my guy there, and 
um, there was going to be like 70-something regular seats in the bar area, 12 bar stools. Those sold within like an hour. <laughs> now, didn't even mean to put it. Addison kind of put it on there. The tickets were going to go on sale soon. So I just posted and said, yeah, tickets are going to be on sale. Venmo is going to be the way to pay. And uh, be damned if that thing didn't like. And I had texted some of my good friends that morning and then later on in the evening. I was like, hey, these tickets are going to go on sale soon. I was like, I want you to be there. You know, like, I mean, I want some of my childhood friends to be at my 40th birthday, just obvious, for obvious reasons. So I was texting people like, hey, if you want to come, like, you better holler. And then there were some people that was getting down to the nitty-gritty. And, like, I was trying to reserve seats, and people were, like, Venmoing me left and right. And I was like, damn. So now i got friends who may have be missing out on it. Because, I mean, I can't, you know, list, I mean, seats, I can't create more seats in the area, but. But if you're listening and you have missed out on the $25 uh, seats in the in the uh, bar area, um, there are, there is $10, $10 dining options. There's like 60 of those left. So sold out on the one side. But the dining room, which obviously is not as sexy, not as appealing, but in hindsight, you know, you kind of, I mean, if you sit down for your meal, you probably there's not many people you can stand and you can kind of look through those areas and you're still going to be able to see or you might even be able to go to stand in the very back of the room. Um, shout out to everybody that got those, man. One of my best friends uh, in the world, she she messaged me. She's like, she showed me a picture from the Bull and Thistle on my 30th birthday when they just opened. She's like, here's your birthday party 10 years ago. She's like, now I'm going to have to pay 50 bucks <laughs> for us to come hang out with you on your 40th birthday, you damn celebrity. I was like, yeah, no. Uh, you're paying to see Jason Eden and Addison Johnson. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just gonna be there. <laughs> so she's being silly, of course. But uh, I don't know. Good times. Um, still riding the waves of some of the success of the festival. Um, if people wonder when I start working on it, I don't know if you've seen my Facebook post, but I've worked up tentative dates of October 11th and 12th, 2024, and that's when I'm emailing the acts and I say, hey, we can't finalize anything. Just finalize, finalize. But I got two bands that have never played here that have pretty much um, agreed in principle to a cost. And I sent an offer out to someone else. And I sent out an offer tonight, actually, about two hours ago to a potential headliner. Um, so, pretty excited. So, when you think, oh man, that's a pretty fun little one day deal you do, two day deal. No, it's about 12 months out of the year, homie. <laughs> so, um,. So, yeah, excited, excited to build that thing. But, yeah, I'm really excited for Dina. Uh, I would imagine, I mean, you look at the success that Julie Roberts done off Breakdown here and how many times I've seen these girls, the twice she's played for me, how big that was when just seeing Breakdown here. I can't imagine Strawberry Wine, how cool the moment that's going to be. Um, but, again, for me on a personal level, turning 40, which is a milestone birthday, obviously. Some of my best friends in my entire life are going to be there. My family, um, then like I said, Jason Eady is a, you can count on one hand of modern day musicians where he ranks. And then obviously the friendship with Addison Johnson, not just uh, not just what I think about him as a musician, but as obviously as a friend. Um, so having those two guys and if, if the third musician gets locked down, then even more icing on the cake and it'll be the same price for everybody else. So, um so hope you enjoyed this non-music episode that I still worked in some music. And uh, Speaking of which, Jack, my four-year-old, is 
so excited about <laughs> he's he is a he wears us out on country roads the real version uh, by charles wesley godwin not that john denver fella uh charles wesley godwin uh family ties where he goes strike me down i got a video and it's 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 cute as hell uh bailey jack he'll scream country roads he said i want country roads and i turn on q country roads on his new record and he goes that's a second country roads daddy so now he'll he'll either say i want country roads which he says about seven times you can you can from from the my house to the babysitter in the morning you can get about seven renditions of country roads in uh or he says i want q country roads or i want strike me down <laughs> so you got a little family ties there charles was a god one so hey that's better than Bayless because Bayless made us listen to Knockin' Boots by Luke Bryan about 122 times between Cookville and St. Petersburg, Florida one time. And I damn near dropped him off at Happy Haven on the way home, <laughs> which might have been foreshadowing for that. <laughs> no, I just love Bayless. But, uh, but yeah, Waylon listened to Smile, I remember, by Uncle Cracker repeatedly. And he had another weird song that um, you wouldn't have on your bingo card that Waylon loved. But, yeah, Bayless had... Bayless had Knockin' Boots and Whiskey Glasses by Morgan Wallen. So I've been disappointed with Bayless. You know, that's when he was riding with his mama and listening to pop country radio. But he listened to Daddy, he listens with Daddy, and he's on some Cole Chaney and some Charles Wesley Godwin uh, in the truck in the morning. So we just hadn't been able to. Right now, he's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, everything, like I said. So uh, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to this Halloween edition. Sorry, I got a little fired up. Y'all were actually in my therapy session for tonight. You just didn't know it. Um, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, and I don't know what we'll talk about. Uh, but this felt like a little kind of OLR without Lucas, and I got to get some guests on here because this is weird as hell um, talking to, to myself <laughs> and hoping y'all aren't digging it. So let me know. Let me uh, leave some reviews. Uh, Five-star reviews, four-star if you feel like that's all I deserve. Don't leave me three stars now. Come on now. Um, I don't know. Just share it. Share this thing. Let's get this. I don't think, because I think people still aren't realizing that we're doing something outside of OLR. Um, send me some show ideas. If you if you got some show ideas, i love to hear them. I've got a list of stuff I plan on touching eventually. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm just trying to figure this thing out from a new perspective, the post-OLR life of the podcast. Uh, game on a North Spring session of DK, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>